2: And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell and our Fulham legends are back, Gordon Davis and Rob Wilson. In this episode, we're going to talk about the season so far for Fulham, which again, I think has been a huge success. I'll get the thoughts of Emilio, and then of course, Rob and Gordon, their thoughts as well. Before we go on any further, please, as I've always say on Our episodes. Subscribe on YouTube and also on Apple Podcasts. On YouTube, it certainly helps other Fulham supporters find us. So please do subscribe. Lastly, just want to mention we are now part of the TalkSport fan network. You'll be hearing more about that in the upcoming weeks from TalkSport, and we'll see where that takes Cottage Talk. Really excited about this partnership we have with TalkSport. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Emilio. I'm going to get us started with something that you just mentioned. Let's talk a little World Cup to get us going. So we just had a match between the U.S. and Wales. Four Fulham players played in that (laughs) match. So I'm not happy with the result. Gordon and I were talking about that beforehand. We could talk about the result. But I want to just start us off by talking about these four players. Emilio, who played the best out of the four? Um, I thought Robbins, I think, I, know, was, I think it was a fair result at the end of the day. Wales,
3: I, I was telling one, one of my friends who's actually in the World Cup, and my work colleagues, he went out on Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, and I predicted, I, I smelt a Welsh penalty. You know, when USA won, I felt that Wales were going to get a penalty. just felt like they were knocking on the door, and that was going to be their most obvious route, probably to get a goal. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, it was a fair result. You know, I thought Robinson looked lively. You know, like he has done at Fulham all season. He's he's got, brought that Fulham confidence into the international game and looked very positive. And I thought Wilson's distribution was good. You know, I thought he looked a little bit, a little bit sluggish when he's come back for for Fulham. But I, I thought yesterday he looked lively, good at set pieces. He looked threatening and you know made a difference for Wales. Dan James didn't really get much of a look in. A bit, a bit like no. he's done it against. You know, again at Fulham he's not. He's been a bit hit and miss other than that goal last weekend and. Tim Ream, steady Eddie. You know, you know, glad to see him back in the central defence for America. I have got a gripe with a British commentator. I don't know if Robert Gordon heard the Tim Ream, fou- Tim Ream fouled the, the defender, uh, the mm. attacker. And I'm hold on a second. It didn't look like Tim for me. And looking the right Yeah. They've both, really really both
4: got them stupid bubbles on the back of their head. That's why.
3: Yeah, exactly. And the, did you hear that? The British commentator making a point it was Tim Ream who fouled. And I'm not saying, okay he's going to get a load of criticism. But thankfully, it wasn't Tim. But he looked steady as always. he composed... Yeah and looked in control in that defense. So from America' point of view, it's good that you've got him in your central defense. I thought Robinson looked lively, made good runs, good link-up play, and is potentially a threat for you there. Going, I totally
2: agree. And uh, for me, and then I'm going to go to Rob and Gordon, the best for me, actually, Emilio was the player that I did not want them to take to the World (laughs) Cup back this summer was Tim Ream. I thought Mm -hmm. Tim Ream is funny. I actually had a few people comment to me that the U.S. were playing a little bit like Fulham. And <laughs> I, I find that yeah. interesting, playing the ball out the way that they were passing it Ooh. around with Anthony Robinson and, of course, Tim Ream, and the way they were moving it at times. I'm thinking I could see that comparison. But for me, Tim Ream has given something that the U.S. men's national team needs, and that's someone that is calm, cool, and collected and has some experience, and he offers all of that. And I thought he did an excellent job and was pretty cool under pressure. It was a little bit different in the second half, obviously, when they brought in Kiefer Moore. But for me, he was the standout out of the four. I thought Harry Wilson played well, and Dan James is the one that I, I think played the least, obviously, and didn't play play the best out of the four. That's where I would go. Gordon, I want to go to you as, as a Welshman. Who played the best?
1: I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to agree with you, Russ, because um... – I think uh, Tim Ream has stepped up not only at club level but uh, he, he looked very assured at international level. And um, I, I, I was amazed how good he looked and how uh, the cover that he put on the tackles he, that he got in the head as he won. Um, and I know he wasn't up against the uh, a main centre forward, but Bale is still six foot plus. Um, but uh, I, I thought Tim Ream did really, really well. Uh, Robinson always looks good going forward um i'm, I'm always <clears throat> concerned about him defensively because i think he sort of tur- turns off right. and gets in the wrong positions at times um but uh out, out of the two americans tim Ream stood out for me um i think dan james was really played out of position okay. in a formation that didn't suit uh the the game or, or the way that the, the welsh team play um he, he is very very quick but you're not going to get a 50 or 60-yard ball uh, from the back four that's going to put him in at at, at international level unless you've got very poor defending. Um, And as um, Emilio said, uh, Wilson looks a bit sluggish and and that is going to be a a problem initially because, yeah, he's he's been out for two to three months and he hasn't had game time. So it's nice to see him um, in the team being given a... Uh, a bit of an outing, um, but uh, w- when you when you look at all four, I'm going to say f- for me, uh, Tim Ream was uh, the the best out of the four, uh, probably followed by uh, um, Robinson, and then the uh, bringing up the rear with the two Welsh lads who, uh, as I say, one out of position
2: and uh, two trying to get match fitness. Okay, and Gordon, before I go to Rob. concern of mine, and this is a concern whenever you play in international football, obviously in World Cup situation, this is an unusual World Cup. The potential injury when I saw what happened to Harry Wilson, how concerned were you when you saw him potentially deal with a knock there? It's always a a worry and it's always a concern
1: uh, when you you see somebody going down, uh, especially in, in World Cups, because the next game is only three or four days away right um and you yes we we have got a very uh if i use the phrase family orientated um group of players then it's always been that way purely because of the fact that there's not that many that you can put in in the squad there's a lot of more youngsters coming through these days than than when i was playing but Uh, When I played, you could say basically you knew probably what 14, 15 or 16 of a a squad was going to be in those days. So it's always a concern. um, But as long as um, they're, they're, I suppose, walking wounded at the end of the day and they've got time to recover, then at least with Iran being second and England being third game, then um, I think we've got the... uh, the players in the squad that can fit in just in case we do get one or two injuries because obviously ramsey um doesn't look fit bale doesn't look fit we're playing the best players who are unfit so uh it gives them time to get that uh um more of a match fitness for the for the uh, the, the decider i think which is going to be the england game
2: right very good Okay, Rob, over to you. I want to get your thoughts on the four Fulham players that played in the match between the U.S. men's national team and Wales.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't need to elaborate more than what all three of you said. I wouldn't disagree with any of it, really. I think Tim and and Robbo have took their club form on the left-hand side of Fulham's defense into that game the other night, uh, last night. Um, You're right that James has not really cut the mustard at Fulham as yet. He's been a bit part player. And again, last night, he looked, you know, he looked out of sorts. He was probably asked to, as Gordon said, he was probably asked to play a position or a system that they thought that they could take to the Americans, but it didn't work and he changed him at halftime. Harry, yeah, um, obviously he's slowly coming back to form. Uh, He looked a little bit better last night than he did do the last couple of Fulham games when he's either started or came on. But yeah, don't need to um, go too overboard other than I think... uh, Tim and Robbo were the best two players, I suppose, out, out, out the for them.
2: Okay, good stuff, guys. Okay, before we move on from our World Cup discussion, let's talk about the other two Fulham players that have yet to play. And uh, Gordon, I'll give you first crack at this. Let's talk a little bit about Paulinho because uh, when we talk about player of the season for Fulham, I think it's him, but we haven't gotten there yet. But I want to get your thoughts. He might not, might not even start for Portugal. Then we got Mitra. So I want to get your thoughts on the whole Metro situation with Serbia. And then, of course, your thoughts on Paulina. It's um, – I suppose it's disappointing
1: for Mitro that he's picked up this foot injury and he's – well, according to reports, he's going to miss their first game, which is Brazil, which is probably the the first game that he would have wanted to have played in. Um, And then it it really – I suppose after the first game, do they need to take a chance with him to put him in the team? Um, even though he is the the, the record goal scorer, uh, they may be looking to uh, the knockout stages rather than just getting through the, the, the group stage. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how um, he's played, whether he's in the starting 11 or whether he's going to be a sub and be brought on in case they need... Uh, uh, a goal as they did when they played Portugal in the sort of the qualifiers so it's um it's going to be interesting to see how how he does because I suppose this is the next stage for him um I think he's already right. silenced some critics who've said that he can't score goals in the Premier League um he's got the a better set of players with him now that are creating chances for him right in the Premier league and he's getting on the end of uh stuff and, and scoring goals So if he has a, uh, my my concerns probably with Mitro is if he has a very good World Cup, um, then do some bigger clubs come calling, not only in the the January transfer window, but at the end of the season. And um, it's strange when about a fortnight ago, um, I read an article that he'd done in an Italian newspaper that he said that uh, he really liked the two clubs that were playing each other, that weekend because he, he really liked the, the the noise that their supporters generate and that was um, at Roma and Napoli um, and I just thought he started scoring goals in the Premier League as his agent now said now you want to start making you your you noise made about foreign clubs because people are taking notice of you so I honestly think that the World Cup is a very big stage for Mitro and um, one which um from a full-on point of view could see him leave the club which obviously i don't want um even though he is chasing my goal scoring record i want him to stay here um and, and score 20 goals this season and if he can 20 goals next season as well you are a true
2: gentleman there gordon davis a true gentleman for saying that <laughs> over to you rob i want to go, go over to you and get your thoughts on the metro situation feel free to share your thoughts on paulina as well It's uh, been hard because uh, if we look at the last match for Fulham against Manchester United, I'm convinced, we'll we'll never know, that if Mitro plays and some of the other injured players were able to play, I think Fulham win that match, not just get something from him. I think they win. But it's a a difficult period for him. I I wish him the best in the World Cup, and I expect him to play. question will be, how much will he play? Gordon, I'm sorry, Rob, what are your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously disappointing. He picked that sort of foot injury up. I think he was playing for it with a couple of games, you know, so I think he was just making sure he got through to the one but last game league game before the, the squad was announced. He, I think he'd set his heart on the World Cup, so I think that's why we left him out of the that that game and I understand he was in Serbia having treatment, the the build-up to the Man United game anyway, so he was never going to play for us. So, it'd be interesting to see, as Gordon says, uh, rumours are that he's out of the Brazil game, but you know, you never know until, you know, whenever they're playing. I'm not sure what part of this week they are playing them. But, yeah, they might they might just use that as a as a write-off game and keep him for game two and game three. I think you know, I, we all know Mitra, and I think if he's 70%, 80% fit, he will play for Serbia, okay. guaranteed. They will not wait and carry him till the knockout stage because we've seen mistakes today in, in groups, and, and, you know, you can't predict. So I think he'll play whether he's 70 80%. I think he's a type of lad that will... Seems to, you know, he put his hand up to play for Serbia anytime. So, um, yeah, I just hope he he, he, he cuts the mustard. He, he performs like he has been in the league. You know, I'm, I'm not that worried about, you know, all the big clubs chasing him. As far as I'm led to believe from good sources, he's he's very very happy in London. His kids are in school. He's getting paid a nice big fat wage. You saw the Twitter Cape uh, Tony came out the other day saying that he had to convince him in the summer to keep yeah. him to keep him, which is 100% true. I know for a fact that's true. So, you know, I mean, his agent will be just trying to bum him up. And, you know, we've seen it happen two or three times in the last four years. Mitro's got five-year contracts and they've been ripped up in year two and he's been given more money and, and signed a new five-year deal. It's happened twice. So when other clubs have come sniffing, and I'm sure, you know, if that came along, and it depends how ambitious he is, you know, I mean, he's still a young right. lad, you know what I mean? We forget how young he is. You know, he's still got years ahead of him to go try Europe and whether it's Italy or Spain or wherever. Um, but yeah, I'm just hoping he, he, you know, he he stays fit, comes back. Fulham's my priority, not Serbia. So I'm just hoping when he comes back at Christmas, he's not done any further damage and he comes back, you know, all guns blazing. In terms of Pellini, I mean, he has been our best, and we'll probably go on to talk about it later on in in the show. But by far, the stats don't lie, he's been the best midfield player in the country in this, you know, uh, by a long stretch, you know, in terms of his defensive tackles and, and 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 breaking up a play, et cetera, et cetera. I think when I saw him in, in, in Portugal in preseason, I, I liked it. I liked his statue, the size of him, You know, read up about what he'd done, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, yeah, I thought he'd be a steal, but he's it turned out to be more than a steal. I think he's just absolutely immense player to watch.
2: Okay, excellent. Over to you, Emilio. Thoughts on Mitro? It's funny because uh, Rob read my mind, nothing against Serbia, but I care about what he does for Fulham. So I want him to come back healthy. That's my number one concern with Alexander Mitrovic. And uh, interesting stuff from our two Fulham legends talking about the future of Mitro. If he has a great World Cup, does that up the ante? Who knows? And uh, when I heard uh, Gordon say Napoli, um, my ears perked up because I'm, I was thinking... Emilio's ears might have perked up a little bit there too, as well. So I want to get your thoughts on Mitro and also Paulinho. Yeah, I mean, look
3: at Mitro. The <laughs> career completely changes around in two years. You know, his confidence knocked to pieces. Park just stuff. you know, kicked the stuffing out of him completely. Look at where he is now. You know, flying high in the Premier League, you know, playing for his country in the World Cup, you know, potentially against, I don't think he will start tomorrow against Brazil if he's not 100% fit. I agree with Rob if he's 80% fit. He will wanted enough to want to just show himself what he's capable of doing on the world stage. But this is a very open group. You've got Cameroon and no pushover, and Switzerland, we know, are very difficult to beat. So, it's, I, I, I probably see Mitrovic being rested tomorrow and then give themselves the best chance to uh, to get something out of the next two games and qualify into the knockout stages. Brazil are no world beaters. Let's be honest as well. So again, on another, you know, then a the day, you know, they're they're going to let goals in, but they, we know they've got enough talent. They, they are the favourites for the tournament, but. It would be a shame if he's not got a chance to play tomorrow because I would have liked to see you know, him stuff those Brazilians and give that defence a few problems because, you know, I'm no big fan of the Brazilians. And who else to have in your in your attack? You know, someone like a bully like Mitrovic. So it's a shame if he doesn't play, but right. I think they'll, they'll have to protect his injury. And I think if he's not 100% fit today, I'd, I'd be surprised if he starts tomorrow. Switzerland and Cameroon are winnable games, get six points from those two. knockout stages, and the world's his oyster. So I think I'd agree with you guys. I think... Uh, his Fulham career and his, full, and his Fulham state of health is more important. We would have beaten Man United if he was playing. Even if it was just him playing last weekend, we would have beaten them. So, again, it just goes to show that, you know, we, we just we probably need a bit of depth in that squad in the, in the January transfer just to boost up our central attacking options. I know we've talked about it on this show with Robin Gordon in the past. We knew we left ourselves a little bit uh, short in attacking coverage if Mitrovic was picked up an injury. And ironically, we've picked up... Less points than we would like the last games because Mitrovic not being 100% fit. So again, it shows how much we rely on him. So, fingers crossed, he gets better and he'll perform in the World Cup. Paulinho, the fact that he's playing for Fulham doesn't—you know—look, he's been the best midfielder in the country by a country mile, like Rob says. The fact that he's playing for a little club like Fulham and still getting picked for the World Cup—that's testament to the squad of players that we've got in our team, the performances we're putting in, the shifts that players are putting in, the style of football that Silva is playing. All of that's grabbing a lot of. International interest, and that's the reason why he's been picked for the Portuguese club. He wasn't, he hasn't been a regular in that squad for some time, but his performances is, is doing all the talking. So, will he start? I don't know. I'm not too sure yet. I think I have to see. I'm not. I, I think there's a potential he may play a couple of games, but I don't think he'll be an, an automatic starter. But great experience for him. Great focus. Again, should we be worried as Fulham fans if he if he does start to play in the World Cup, performance at the same level as, as he does at Fulham? What does that mean? from other, other clubs coming, knocking at the door. So that's just a little, little threat for our little beloved club, to be honest. But we'll see. Then they, Tim Ream, again, not played for the USA since September. Why was he picked? You said it, right? experience and his performances at Fulham. And again, it's that's testament to the squad of players that we've got and the dizzy heights of seventh place that we, we have in the Premier League.
2: Okay. Before I move on, Emilio, Napoli, hands off. Okay, I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> Hands off. Okay. Uh, they're doing. I'm not going to tempt fate, but Napoli are
3: doing very well in the domestic league. I know they had a bit of a, okay. s- you know, they they have been playing very well and knocking teams off the park. But yeah, I'd rather he stays at Portland, but Napoli is obviously another big priority for me as well. So,
2: uh. <laughs> okay, guys, before we really break this down, I have mm-hmm. some interesting questions from Chris Goodwin, so I'm going to share them both with you. First, I'm going to go to Gordon because Gordon, you and I were talking about this. This yeah. is World Cup related. Should Kiefer Moore had started for Wales? You said yes. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the, the performances that he has put in, he, he gives them
1: um, a, a, a different option. And he is quite a mobile centre forward. And he will run the channels. He will run into the corner and chase uh, the, the long, longer 30, 40-yard ball down into that area. But he holds the ball up. And that's one thing that we... we didn't have in that first half against the united states for someone to hold up and then you build up play you 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 can't play uh, at international level um, unless you've got uh, either a very very good midfield that are gonna you're gonna play through and they're quick and then they turn and they knock quick players in but otherwise you've got to have somebody up there that's going to hold on to the ball to let everybody else join in especially the, the way that the game is played now you're starting from your own six yard box right. so um, when the ball does get forward if if you've got your players supporting your center halves they're literally 10 yards 15 yards outside your own box so you've got 30 40 yards to make up to get in support of players and kiefer moore i, I think probably uh, showed his worth as soon as he came on and he gives them another option from set pieces. It gives them another six foot plus person for for set pieces, whether it's free kicks or corners. Um, and he and he's very very good in the air. So if you've got him there, Bale, uh, the two centre halves coming up, you've got four six footers that can score goals for you. So um, I was surprised when he didn't play. I'm going to listen to Rob uh, Page's sort of ideas on the game that he, he wanted to bring united states onto them and catch them on the break because he thought that pace might uh worry them at the back um and uh it, it never developed but fa- fair play to him he, he changed it at half time and he didn't wait until sort of 60 or 70 minutes so um at, at least he's uh he's learning as an international manager as well when things aren't going well uh but generally they've been going pretty well for the welsh team over the last sort of uh, few years, but uh, all credit to him that he did change it and he brought more on
2: and um, changed the game. I was about to say, Gordon, he changed the match. Keith from more yeah. coming on completely, utterly changed the match. So credit to him. Credit to Paige for making the change. I think he should have started him, but you know who am I? I'm not. I'm not a manager, but that's what I would have done. But yes, to answer the question, I think he should have started, but he didn't. We'll see what. Page does moving forward. Now, here's an interesting one. Rob, I'm going to give you a crack at this one. Are you ready for this?
4: Hmm.
2: With Cristiano Ronaldo being a free agent, do you fancy him as a signing for Fulham, the backup Metro? Do you think Fulham would, would even remotely look into this, Rob? No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely okay. no.
4: Uh, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have him within 10 miles of the ground. I wouldn't even let Chelsea have him. Yeah. He can go to Arsenal and go and see Piers every week then.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a yeah, train wreck I mean, of an, that, of an interview. It's only ever going
4: to be one way. He, he did that interview just on yep. a pre World Cup to, to come to this decision and, and fair play. You know, I'd be disappointed if they didn't find him the two weeks' wages, which is the maximum they could probably do under the, the, the obligation of the PFA. But. I'm sure he won't miss two weeks wages when he gets his final check next month from Man United to wherever he ends up now you know he's got the world cup now as a as a glory glory stage for him to go and get his next uh, his next club which I'm sure they'll be queuing up
1: for I think I think I got to agree with you there Rob because if he signs for Fulham and scores 50 goals a season he's only going to have a four year contract and he's beating them, my record
2: <laughs> <laughs> Okay well listen I don't expect it to happen. I watched the interview and I kept shaking my head thinking, why is he doing this? Why yeah. is he There is, doing there is a rumor, Russ, he might end up in the MSL. So it could be over in your neck of the woods. Yeah, I could see that. But again, as you guys said this and Emilio, I'm glad that you chimed in on this. No player's bigger than the team. Why would you do this? You might've really hurt your legacy at Manchester United. Wouldn't you agree?
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know you, there's two sides to the story right he, he did have obviously some some child issues in the summer and coming back to training late and this and that and the the new manager didn't sort of take him under his wing and give him a little bit more you know sort of kudos because of who he was but um, yeah. you know he had to go in there and set the ground rules you know what I mean because he's got 25 other four, 25 and lots right. more than Man United. Probably 40 other players in that squad to keep happy. He knew he knew he was only ever going to have meet uh, Ronaldo for a year, 18 months max. So I think he were right to treat him as just as one of the normal players. Whatever's gone on underneath, and for him to come out, I only watched the first part of the interview. I didn't watch the second part. I was bored after the first part, and I knew it was a, it was a, you know, it was a typical sort of come and get me, plea, you know, after the World Cup because we knew he probably would have gone before it. But, um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure there'll be plenty of plenty of people out there that'll want him even just for sales of his
2: shirts, you know. Yeah. Listen, first part was enough for me too, Rob. I'm there with you. Let's move on. Enough talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. I want to talk about Fulham. So, Gordon, I'm going to give you first shot at this. Let's talk about just your opening thoughts on the season so far. I'll just share mine just real quick that – I'm pleasantly surprised if you told me they'd be where they are right now, I would have bitten your hand off. I'm very happy. How about you?
1: I think you've got to be happy. I think at the beginning of the, um, the season or the end of last season, we were all saying that, um, yes, we needed six or seven players to come in. Were we, were we going to get the quality uh players was it going to be again we find signed five or six loanees on the last day of the uh the transfer window um and even though a few of them were late coming in uh the club have signed quality uh this time um and uh, you've mentioned sort of uh, palina already um uh he's he's been immense um in in the middle of the park i think he's Given Harrison Reed uh, a new lease of life because when you start when you think about the lead game the Leeds game and um, Harrison Reed is 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 in the six yard box or, or near the six yard box beating a player and pulling it back he wasn't anywhere near the the, the eighteen yard box last year so um, he he he's sort of brought the best out in Harrison Reed at the moment um, and as Rob mentioned earlier the stature on on the guy. He scored a fantastic goal with his head. He scored a, a brilliant side footer from about 25 yards. So he's got the ability to uh, to get goals for us, which we've struggled um, from midfield in years gone by. So um, you, you're, looking, you're looking at a person there who's certainly enhanced the squad and and, and the players around him. Um, and where we are at the moment, I don't think any of us looking at the, the fixture list would have thought we can get a point against liverpool we could have got a point against man city away we should have got a point against man united at home um so you could even be looking at um two three four five extra points uh from where we are now um and as Emilio said the the dizzy heights of seventh uh we're halfway through well, p- potentially halfway through the season you might even get uh, on another podcast later on are we in a position to qualify for Europe? So it's, Read my it's, mind. it's all there for the taking at the moment. And um, yeah, I'm very pleased with the way things have, uh, have been going this season. Um, and yes, uh, you look at the way w- that we've lost some games in the final minutes, but we've not really been taken apart all season apart from the uh, the Newcastle game. And we played sort of, what, what was it, 84 minutes with 10 men, so it was only going to be one, one-way one traffic that game. So, yeah, very, very pleased with the way things have gone so far and now really looking forward to uh, the second half of the season and um, getting a few more wins under, under our belts.
2: Okay. It's funny because at the end of the show, I'm going to ask you guys about what Fulham's approach should be for the upcoming January transfer window and should they consider maybe a different approach going for it to potentially get themselves into Europe. That's very interesting. I was thinking that, Gordon. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I don't think it's as far-fetched as maybe some would think to go for yeah, Europe. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Especially when you do look at
1: the uh, the, the league tables and you, you're looking at a situation where some of the teams that are finishing in the top six, top eight are in the bottom eight. So uh, there's a lot of strange results going on this season. And as long as we can still keep picking up points against, I've always said, we we are in that 10-team league, but I'll tell you what, we're in a a, a 14 or or
2: maybe a 16-team league at the present, the way things are going. That's great. Rob, over to you. I want to get your opening thoughts so far on Fulham season, and I'm going to add a little wrinkle to it. So I'm glad that Gordon mentioned some of the results that maybe – could have gone foam's way. So give me your thoughts on the season so far. But I also want to ask you this question. I actually put this on on Twitter. Should Fulham actually be higher up the table at the World Cup break based on what Gordon yeah. was talking about? There was an opportunity there, a few opportunities, that Fulham could actually be higher up the table.
4: Uh, most definitely, yeah. I mean, just to echo what Gordon says, uh, yeah, it's been a nice – surprise how we've approached the season this year and the results other than the newcastle game we haven't got you know we haven't got turned over we should have we should have got something at arsenal we should have got at least a point at arsenal tottenham we could have easily got a point as well i know it, it was sort of we got a late goal to make it three two but there were two games manchester united we should have won that game never mind losing it i mean and we my only concern in when i when, when i see we are conceding late goals is, you know is he going to address that to to see games out and close games out instead of, you know, substitutions that he might've made in that last 10, 15 minutes, or (coughs) I don't know what sort of concept he gives them that when, when it's one, or is he going for the winner? You know, you think back to the goals that we have conceded Arsenal was a a bit of a keeper's mistake. I think, I know it could have been a VAR and a a handball, but as much as the keeper, it saved us a couple of times. I still blame him for that Arsenal goal. I think he should come and punch that take everyone out. Tottenham was a little bit different. Man United, which definitely should have got a point. So, you know, in real terms, yeah, we could be sitting another three or four points further up the table. But hey, yo, if you'd have if we had these conversations, which we did, we would be having this before the World Cup break. Would have been where we are today. I, I would have I would have snapped your hands off. And you look at the players. that, You know, we've had some injuries: Solomon, Gibano, Wilson, all wide players that have. You know, uh, I've had well, two of them are, are going to have long-term injuries, and obviously, uh, one's on the way back now. Um, Will I am as I call him? He's surprised me. He's looked good in the last few games, which you know, he, he still he still needs to convince me to do it week in, week out. You know, but he has uh, he has shut me up in the last few games. He <laughs> definitely he definitely you know, if he plays to that sort of consistency, regular. He's going to be a threat because he's, you know, he's he's going to he's going to make assists. He's going to score goals. He's going to make goals for Mitro. Defensively, again, we were all crying out for to get Ream and Robinson, and they've probably been our most assured defenders on that left-hand side for the whole season. You know, there's only one person that's got dropped. It's Tosin, and everyone would have yeah. thought that would have been Tim, game in, game out. And he's been a, an eight out of ten, and Robo the same every game. He, he's shuffled out some of the world's best wingers and you know what I mean? And, and still giving us a, a an attribute and something going forward. Yes. It's not always hundred percent, but and the right hand side, again, I'd like to see Teddy in there more regular and, and not injury prone because that's always a suspect side when it isn't. Um, so yeah. And, and, and the middle two just, you know, as, as we've said, I mean, Harrison looks at, you know, he looks like a, a Ray Lou Rob Wilson type player. He's got a license to, to go forward. He's, buzzing all around the pitch because he's got the assurance that Paulini just sits in there and he just shores up them gaps from that you know from from back to front um and, and it's nice you know it's it's obviously Tom's come on and had a, a cameo probably 15 minutes every game bar one I think you know and, and and ball retention keeping the ball when we're trying to see games out that's what I just want to make sure Silver, I'd, I'd like to know his ethos on trying to see games out rather than go and try and win them and especially at home you know just take the point and and not try and go gunno and try and win it in the last sort of two or three minutes because we have been a little bit suspect of conceding goals whether it be individual mistakes or or bad defending at certain parts against obviously some of the best players in the in 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 the world so yeah I, i would have took this position absolutely before the beginning of the season
2: Okay, before I go to Emilio, I actually wanted to touch on this because you brought up something that I've been thinking about, especially during this break, Rob. It's the mindset of Marco Silva to see matches out, to get the point. I don't think that's in his mindset. I think he goes for the victory. Now, I think that has also caused some issues with potentially leaving points there for the taking. Like you said, the Manchester United match, I don't think there was any way he was going to not go for it because that's been his M.O., Rob. I agree with you. Where do you cross the line to getting the point or going for the victory? It looks like to me, based on what we've watched, that Marco Silva always goes for the victory, Rob. And if it's going going into the end of a match as a draw, he goes for the victory instead of going for the point. What are your thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, I mean, as a manager, you've got to probably make that decision to, to to relay to the players. It depends where you are in the league, how the game's gone. Have you come back from a game to snatch a draw at one all, and or you know, been battered by someone? You'd, you'd shut up shop if if you're on top, like we probably were for most of the game against United. He probably was right to keep the the message going out from the touchline to the players. You know we can get the winner you know right. it's unfortunate the way the build up of that goal ended up coming as the last kick of the match as i say arsenal way was probably slightly different it was a mistake we were still in you're always still in with a shout when it's one one you know and there's minutes to go it can go either way but i just i don't know from first down whether how he's how he you know really understands what message he sends to the players in that sort of situation do we go for it, or do we just shut up shop and be happy with a point? I think that it, it it all boils down to whether you're home or away, I presume, and how the game's panned out. Whether you've you're happy with a point, or whether you feel, you know, you can go and get them by the juggler and get the, the extra two points. But uh, I, I'm sure he's got a he's got a mindset of how he does it, and obviously, um, you know, he's. He must have done it right most of the season because of where we are today. Even though we're slightly disappointed, talking about a few games where we've lost points or could have gained points.
2: How crazy is this, Amelia? We're talking about points that we could have gotten. Yeah. Think about that's where we are on this. Give me your opening thoughts on the season so far. Yeah, and I think yeah,
3: we've we've also agree with the lads. You know, we would have taken 19 points at seventh place before the season with our eyes shut. You know, but it's. The disappointment is that there's no game, other than Newcastle, there's no game that we've nicked a point or undeservedly got points. All the points that we have earned, we've earned through merit. So that's when it makes it slightly even more frustrating when there's probably about three or four games I thought we should have had more points. I think the Wolves game, I think Mitrovic, you know, we, yeah. you, you don't get many penalties in the Premier League, you've got to take those chances. Arguably, that's two points dropped. Arsenal, I didn't think we were good enough for 90 minutes, but like Rob said... It could Anything could happen when it's one-one, but you know, at the end of the day, that's a free, sh- a free hit against a big team. They're obviously top of the table. The fact we held them almost for 90 minutes is testament to the way we're playing. But I saw the Wolves game as drop points. Everton game, I thought at home, Pickford was inspired form again. A fully fit Mitrovic probably would have, you know, would have taken chances and we would have got three points there. And the last two games were against the Manchester, but I think you know, Marcus Silva's a bit of naivety there again. He'll learn from that. Yes, you said that that's the way you play. But Man United, that's, I don't remember for many years a stadium to go completely dead silent when we consider the death. There'll be moments when, okay, fair enough, you weren't a better team, you got sucker punch. To dominate, to, and Paulinho playing the game he played on that Sunday, goodness me, what a beast. And to come out on the losing side on a game that you fully deserve to win, or at least get a point. I think silver made the mistake there you know i called him out there you know they close that game out grab the point to move on and man city again i thought you know call it what you want dodgy penalty whatever but you know i actually thought that was three points for the taking when they went down to 10 men why didn't we play marco Silva's tactics rather than trying to defend and hold on to a one-all draw and maybe catch them on a the break and again that that didn't pay off because we considered a, a late penalty so yep yeah, you could argue we should have, what, another five, six points? And what well, like the guys have said. So 19 points, you'll take that. But the fact we've had so many injuries, let's not forget how many injuries have we had this season. Tete's been injured and suspended. You know, central defence. <laughs> we've had too many injuries. To now we've got Mitrovic injury as well. And he's been off colour the last few games and not played. So the fact that we're still seventh with many injuries and a fairly slim squad, come on, we can't complain. You know, we'd be very happy with that. So once we get Salomon back, Tete back playing in week in, week out. Mitrovic hopefully will have a good World Cup and he'll be fit for the new year. Then we've got a lot to look forward to.
2: Okay, excellent stuff. Okay, coming up next, we're going to break down the team, our thoughts on how they've all played in the season so far.
1: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
0: ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18+, Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. CMcdonalds.com. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Emilio, I'll give you first crack at this. We're going to go through the different positions, and then when we get towards the midfield and, of course, up front, I will let our Fulham legends break that down. But let's start with a goalkeeper. Give me your thoughts on the job of Burn Leno so far. Very strong,
3: positive, and a good signing. That's been, again, a bargain signing. If if we bought him for as cheap as we claim to have bought him, he's a significant upgrade to Rodak. I know we all love Rodak. He's done a good job for us over the years in the championship, but no one can doubt the fact that Leno is an upgrade. And I think we've got a good leader at the back of the defence who's commanding his box well. He's made a couple errors, but but all keepers do. Overall, I feel much more reassured in being in goal. And, you know, he saved us in a few games as well. He saved us a few points, which all count at the end of the season, especially when we are sort of, you know, every point counts. So great signing, great negotiation from Tony Khan. And yeah, I think he's got a good future ahead of him at Fuller.
2: Okay, excellent. All right. Rob, I'm going to go to you. Let's talk about the fullbacks because you've already mentioned a little bit about Jedi and of course, Kenny Tete. So I want to get your thoughts on, especially the Tete situation. I think that's the more worrisome situation that Fulham have right back because I don't know if you can count on him. When he can play, I think he can play at a Premier League level. What happens when he can't play? Nothing against Bobby Decadova Reed, but I think it actually hurts you in another way because it takes away an option for you up front. Because I think Bobby Decodova Reed can do it all, but I think he's more valuable to you up front. So let's talk a little bit about your thoughts on the fullbacks.
4: Yeah. I mean obviously I think the left hand side Robbo's been superb as we as we all doubted him as as we did at the beginning of the season on the left side. too. T- Tim and 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 he's done he's done exceptionally well. Yes he still resorts to the odd bad pass or crazy chicken he loses his head, flies around like a lunatic and loses it, but I think this year he's he's thought more about his defensive starting position. I watch him quite properly now sometimes and I thought well he wouldn't have done that last season. He he, he seems to have learn the mistakes i think whether we've took him aside in coaching in training and say well sit in there and don't bomb forward until we've got good possession or you start to see it build up across the 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 midfield too and getting out to that left side um so yeah the right-hand side has obviously been a worry because Tati's, you know i I don't think you're ever going to get 38 games a season out of him because of the way he plays he just looks that he's an athlete but he, he looks a sluggish athlete he looks tired when he makes a run, it takes him a while to to get back, and he looks like he's always on his haunches and, and struggling to get breathe it back in to get ready for the next one. You know, I like him when he's on the ball. I think he's pretty pretty safe. Um, I'd like him to take a little bit more risks in the final third. I think he's 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 probably one of the better crossers of the ball we've got. You know, much better than than Robbo is on the left hand side. Although he's starting to improve and pick people out or hit areas rather than hit that first man um Bobby uh, I don't like Bobby playing at right back I know he's an adaptable I thought he was leads away he was absolutely shocking and I I I, I, I said he should have come off at half time obviously stayed on and ended up scoring one of the goals but he was causing more problems for us than than he was doing you know doing well for for the team and because he was a you know basically he's, he's been a number 9 he's been a 10 he's been a 7 he's been 11 now he's a 2 like he plays He's too adaptable. And then you get tarnished with that brush as a player sometimes. You know, I know he's he's lucky and he's staying in the side at the moment because Silva's putting him here, there and everywhere. But I wouldn't want that if I was a player myself, G, because you'll end up, you'll be, you know, someone will always come along who's better you in, in that position and you'll get you'll get pushed sideways. So, yeah, that's an area that I think we need to probably look to strengthen. You know, we thought we'd sign the other guy. He came on at Tottenham. I felt sorry for him when he... He came on at left back and give that first goal away, uh, and certainly he never recovered since then, in Babi. So I mean, I, I I really don't know. We we need a right back definitely. I think totally. left back. I think we're all right, but I think we need a, a proper recognised back. And I think you know these days, I think you can pick them up in the you know in a January window. Hopefully, someone who's going to fit in and, and, and play that role, who definitely needs some depth in that in in that area.
2: Okay, I totally agree. It's funny because I've wanted them to play in Babu, but there's a reason why he's. Silva's not playing, he doesn't trust him. So I think you need to get it right back in the uh, January transfer window. Okay, Gordon, back over to you. I want to get your thoughts on the center backs as a striker. I'm curious your view of the three that have been playing and Duffy hasn't been playing for whatever reason. He hasn't. So I I think the focus should be more on the three that have and the decision by Marco to really now start featuring Diop and Tim Ream. And uh, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that Tim Ream would be your starting centre-back. I, I would have, wouldn't would have believed it, but he has proven me wrong. He's played fantastically. So I want to get your thoughts on these three centre-backs and uh, what are your thoughts of who are going to be the two moving forward?
1: Well, I think, you, I think you're right in, in what you say. I think uh, all of us had uh, reservations about getting back into the, <coughs> in the league and, and still playing Tim Ream. Um, and uh, I, I'm along with you. I've got to hold my hands up and say, yes, I was one that was thinking that we needed to replace him. And uh, shall I say, he shut me up uh, as well be, by the way that he's played. So, well well done, Tim Ream. Um, Rob mentioned about the person that we all thought was going to be in the team, Tosin, yeah. really hasn't in a way had a, a bit of a look in. and Issa Diop, who... When he came in for the first, I think his first game was in that um, uh, FA Cup tie when him and Duffy played. And they, they just looked as though they hadn't even played a game together, never mind 200 games or 300 games uh, previous to the, that game. So uh, both of them had a, a, um, a dodgy start, but Silver's put his faith uh, in Diop. And um even though I still think that when the ball gets played to him he doesn't look great on the ball. And where other other players, if if we just go back to the, to one of our centre halves that Rob and myself played with Tony Gale, if you knock the ball into him, you know he'd probably control it first time and his second touch would be a pass, if needed. Uh with Diop, every time it goes across to him, you're wondering how many touches is he gonna have to get it under control and then pass it and at Premier League level you can get closed down so quickly that just that one mistake when a ball's crossed uh, across to you um could could lead to a, a goal and Tosin was in a bit of that in my opinion a bit, a bit of that league where you always thought he was going to perhaps do something that was going to lead to a goal you go back a few years ago when he was trying to do little Cruyff turns on the edge of the box and got caught out um and when he came into hospitality maybe a month six weeks later I had a chat with him about it in front of all the the, the Fulham supporters and I just said uh, have you learned your lesson with regards to the little Cruyff turn uh, pullbacks on the edge of the box and he said yes and then literally <laughs> about three games later he tried again he got away with it he got away with it and I thought now, have you learnt your lesson at this level? <laughs> so, um, I honestly think he's going to stick with those two, Reem and Diop, at present. But um, what the situation is with Shane Duffy, because I think even Rob would class him as a, a an old English centre-half. There's no airs and graces about him. Uh, he wins the ball in the air. He's, he is a, a big lump. He's about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, as well, as the other centre-halves are these days. Um, but there's obviously... Uh, something there that uh, he's not being given a a run in the team unless perhaps one or two of those lads picks up an injury. So although we we have got cover, um, I wouldn't say it's uh, uh, cover that you know that they're going to come in and and, and fit in straight away because obviously they've not if you take um, Tosin and Duffy, they've hardly played this season. So if one comes in they're going to be coming in cold and you're hoping that um, the training sessions, excuse me, are going to be uh, good enough that they're going to pick up the pace of the game straight away without being caught out early in a game. So I think that we're looking um, decent at the back, but I'm I'm, I'm always wary that we, we're likely to give a goal away and there's not many games where we go into these days where I'm thinking with the back four that we've got, we're going to sort of keep a nil score line so we've got to score one or we've got to score two to get a point or to win a game and um, that's sometimes a tough ask when you haven't got your main striker out there and we're still trying to find a way to fit Vinicius in the team and get the best out of him because he's a completely different player to Mitrovic so uh, you've got to play a different style of football
2: if he's up top. Okay and we're going to get to that in just a few minutes but over to you, Emilio, and then I'm going to lean on our uh, legends to talk about the midfield and up front. So, just give me your overall thoughts on the defense, and uh, very interesting words from both uh, Gordon and Rob on it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think they've said everything I would have wanted to cover. I think we are we're always liable to score, concede goals. I think that Gordon made a point just a few moments ago. So that's that's always been my worry. The games that we have won, well, is testament that we've been like Brentford. We've had to concede two, but scored three. It, I'd like to see more clean sheets. I'm not sure we're going to see that with, again, that's a Marco Silva philosophy. You know, it's all about, you know, attack first and defense second. So we I think we need some defensive reinforcements there. There's speculation about toasting, I think his contract's due for renewal next year. Is that right? I think, it's, I think his contract's up Ooh. for renewal. So
4: again, I think they've, you know, got a, they've got an extension on it. They've got 12, 12 months on it. 12 months. So, you know, I'm
3: glad to see Diop in there, to be honest. I think, you know, he, we paid a 50 million price tag for him. He, he should be starting. I think. He's giving us good aerial threat from set pieces. I agree with Gordon. He's liable to make a mistake, but then so so can Tim Ream and so can Toosi. I just feel like when when Deops come in, he, he feels a little bit more assured. I feel more more better on the ball coming forward. I just feel he feels like a more complete defender with a bit more experience. So I'm happy that he's in our starting eleven. Tim Ream, you can't fault him. Look, 35 year old professional mod. We thought he was going to be just a dressing room captain, so it was, you know, to speak. know keep the, the dressing room motivated. Look, he's been playing every game, so testament to the guy, for his commitments. He had a shocking season the last two Premier League opportunities. And this season, he's been outstanding. Tete, you know, we know what he's like. And he's conservative, good defensively, but you know, he's constantly picking up knocks. And he's picked up for five yellow cards as well. So again, he was suspended for one game. And and Robinson. Yeah, had a good start to the season. But, you know, again, he, he's he's also been making less mistakes have picked up less yellow cards as well. These are all things are important. We have picked up a lot of yellow cards in our squad this season. I think Khalid and getting suspended against Newcastle, and then we know what happened then with Shalaba coming in. So let's let's keep our discipline, because it's going to be important for the rest of the season. It's important we don't pick up as many yellow cards as we have done. Keep it tight where we can. But I think we need to tighten defence, because at the moment, even with Khalid and the team... We're still conceding two goals again. I've said this before, so great, he's being a rock for us, best midfielder in the country. But there's only so much he can protect that back four. And the fact that we're conceding on average two goals a game, that's just an area of concern, really. But overall, you know, that's probably our weak point our weak link in our defense.
2: Okay, excellent. Well, let's talk about one of the strengths, and I'm gonna go over to you, Rob. And we've already talked a little bit about Paulina. Reed, and we haven't really talked about Pereira. I think he's been a pleasant surprise. So as a midfielder, I want to get your thoughts on how this has all worked together. You saw this in Portugal. You saw the beginning makings of Polina, but did you see it working the way it's turned out? I think now I have seen why Marco Silva wanted to turn Harrison Reed into the player he's become. It's now worked out really well for him. I think he's grown as a player in this role. I thought he would be in the role that Paulina was in, but he's Ooh. actually thrived in this role. And I think he's become a better player playing with Paulina. But then of course you, like I said, you have Pereira as well. So let's talk about the midfield. I think this is a huge strength for Fulham right now.
4: Yeah. I mean, definitely them three have been, you know, the backbone of the, of the team going forward as well as defensively. I think Pereira has been, again, I was, the jury was out with me whether he could come from a team like United and cut it every week. He, he looked looked like he had a, sort of that sort of attitude about him when he plays. If he, when he's on song, he looks really good. If it's not going his way, which hasn't happened many times this season, he's, he seems a bit of a sulker. Um, and I wanted to see the consistency, which we have seen this season more times than not than what I originally probably saw at, at Man United. Pellini, I mean, obviously he's been. You know, we could talk about him for 90 minutes all day long. And I'm sure lots of other managers and players are doing up and down the country regularly. He's, he's come in, he's just took this division by a storm. You know, he's like a, what I would say, like a Patrick Vieira back in the day when he bounced onto the scene at Arsenal as a big, strong, six foot two gang. You know, gets his foot in, gets tackles, wraps his foot around people, but can actually play. You know, he can pass a ball, he sees a pass. He's strong in the air. I think he can add goals to his game, even though we're saying he's playing as the defensive midfield player. I think he gets up and down the pitch well. He's going to be good at set pieces. And it's also given Tom the li- uh, uh, Harrison the licence to go and be a busy little bee, like he's been. You know, he's never played as far forward in his career. He's admitted that. Um, and he's actually getting in the box, as, as Gordon alluded to, more times this season than he probably would have done in four seasons in his career. So, yeah, he's they've been, them three have been a revelation to me. And it's obviously been very difficult for, for, for other midfield players. Not that we've got too many that would be pushing for starting lineup. Tom would be one, obviously. Shalaba, we saw, you know, when they do get their chances, Shalaba and Onoma and all that, they're just bit part players. You know, they're, they're never going to start 90 minutes, five, six, eight games on the trot for, for Fulham. They're just not good enough simple as, you know, as I still think we can, I still think we could strengthen in that position. I still think, you know, if one of them gets injured or Tom gets injured or gets, you know, we've only really got one spare midfield player, in my eyes, that can come on to replace any one of them three. Um, the wide players is slightly different in terms of, you know, the wide midfield players or call them what you want.
2: Right. But yeah, them,
4: them three have been absolute, you know, I'm just hoping that, you know, if he doesn't play regular for Portugal, that's fine. He keeps his keeps his name down and, you know, he keeps him fresh for us when he comes back. Harrison is, you know, his stats and his running stats when, when they get him on a Monday is, is just out of this world. You know what I mean? Them three have really do the top stats, every, every, every midfield player in the country. Um, And and that's testament to Silver. He's obviously gotten playing that way. And, and he's given Harrison the confidence to play like that. And, you know, it's not easy for, for Polini coming from a new country and settling in as quickly as he's done. Is Remarkable, really. You know, to really grasp it as he did. He's, he's obviously his wife stroke girlfriend's just had a baby, so I'm hoping yeah. he's not having too many sleepless nights, and he don't have that father effect that you know might affect him when he comes back from from World Cup duty. But um, yeah, Pereira's been been the the shining light in terms of out of the three was the one that I thought would he want to do it week in week out. But you know, I'll hold my hands up again for once and say yeah, he's proved me wrong definitely. <laughs>
2: Well, let me ask you this: He's not a a total like for like for Carvalho. Has he done a lot of what Carvalho does, or is he really different than what he offered?
4: Yeah, I mean, he's playing in that similar role. He's got a ten role. He's got he has got a bit of a free role, but I think it, there is no free role as such with with Silver because if you are playing the ten, you've still got to work and put yeah. your shift in, you know, to 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 close down and 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 you know be, stop the teams playing between the lines, but. You know, I think his work rate's definitely gone up tenfold from what I can remember of him at Manchester United. Um, and that's probably why he's having to up his game, to make sure he stays in the team, because he probably thought, well, you got a club captain sitting on the bench every week who probably could come on and, you know, take his position if, if he wasn't doing it. But he seems to have knuckled down, and more times than not, week in, week out, he's, you know, he's a seven, eight, nine every week. And long may that continue.
2: Okay, excellent. All right, Gordon, over to you. Let's talk about the play up front with Mitro. And also, I want to get your thoughts, I really do, on Vinicius. I'm one that wants to see him play a little bit more because I think there's potential there. He's a different player. I'm glad that you've already mentioned that, that you have to play a little bit differently with Vinicius than you do with Mitro, but also the play from the wings. What have you made of of Fulham's play up front, Gordon? I think –
1: as everybody thought when we when we were coming in and we we were sort of relying on on uh cabano really to to take things forward uh, down down the wings and harry wilson um and you always thought well if they get injured who uh, who's going to come in to play that position but when Solomon come in and and from what I've seen uh not only in the sort of a few minutes against liverpool but in the uh the videos that i've that i've watched of him um I, i'm really looking forward to him coming in the team um at, because he's good on the ball he can beat players he can pick out a pass he can score goals and i think he's going to be a completely when he settles in a completely different player uh to the ones that we've seen at the moment um and then we we get dan james on loan which um uh, from from a welsh point of view yes he's he's, he's gets game time for the world cup but he, he's a, a again a completely different uh player because he's got that pace which is going to frighten defenders and sometimes if i was to sort of sit him down he's a type of player that goes at 90 miles an hour from start to finish and sometimes it, the hardest thing to do is to go at ninety miles an hour and then when you get in that final third, calm down and then pick out a pass. Um but we, we've got four wide players uh plus Deckard Reed, um who um as, as as Rob mentioned, yes he can he can fit in at a, at a right wing back, but ideally um I, I'd still like to see him play um, um as a second man up front with 4-4-2 uh, which we're never going to see with, with marco silva um, but i think probably a number 10 position would be his best just getting in and around metro and feeding off metro um going on going on to metro yes he's still at the mainstay for the team where the majority of the goals are going to come from um but it's uh i think that's one position that we may have to look at um, uh, strengthening uh, in the January transfer window, if not, then definitely at the end of the season. Because as I mentioned earlier, and as you've said, Russ, uh, Vinicius is a completely different player. He is six foot plus. He is a big lad, but he never seems to use that physique to hold the ball up. Um, When the ball gets played into him, it always, not necessarily bounces off him, but the centre-halves get half around him, get a leg in, it, it it bobbles away and they midfield players pick it up. And, and that's um, a, a situation for midfield players that you start, instead of making that run to go and support him, you'll do it with Mitrovic all day because you know he's going to hold it up. And um, it's like when, when Rob played, if it went into Dean Coney, I'd be going one way, but Rob would always be coming in to support Dean because Dean could hold it up. And right. um, if we have another player up there who doesn't hold it up, you do it two or three, four times, and then suddenly the midfield players, they know it's going into them. They know he's going to lose it. So they don't make that run to support him. And then lo and behold, he holds it up. And then he's 40 yards away from the midfield players. So I think we've got to learn with Vinicius. I think he's got to learn sometimes to come off, spin and go in behind. Um, and, and then if he drags the the, the centre-half with him, with his pace um then he can get in behind and th- you can change your game up then but yeah. um it's certainly he he is a bit like Moon is who's now at Middlesbrough on loan I've heard the comparison so. he doesn't hold the ball up a- at all but he's good going in behind defenders now the, the days of playing sort of um up on the halfway line and having 20 30 yards in behind to knock that ball sometimes that's gone these days because we play out from the back it's a much slower build-up but the one ball sometimes that um that may catch teams out you need somebody quick and, and Mitchell's not going to chase it into the corner but I think Vinicius can I think Moonis can but to me both of them are still way off the pace of playing uh well at, at a Premier League level so it, it's a situation that I think we've got the wide players that can put the balls into dangerous areas when Metro's there but I'm looking at Vin- Vinicius on the last game he's always making a near post run oh. and we are still knocking the ball far post so we haven't got anybody that's six foot plus coming in on the far post as Mitrovic did against Liverpool in the first game of the season so we've got to learn to play a different style of game if Mitro isn't there, but he's certainly still the main man that everybody's going to look for when he's playing. Um, and it's uh, down to Vinicius to take his chance when he when he's given it. And and at the moment, he, he looks to me, he looks yards off the pace, which uh, is frightening. If Mitro
2: picks up an injury in the World Cup and we've got to play him um come January. Okay, very good. I'm glad that you. Went into detail about the difference there. Gordon, the one thing that I saw from him, and I'm glad that you described this, I saw a little bit of that ability to maybe get behind the center back against West Ham, maybe a little bit. But like you said, his hold up play is not good enough. And you have to play a little bit differently. And I know Emilio mentioned this to me a great deal all the balls into the box against Manchester United. If Mitro's there, foam score. And it's just that was just an unfortunate part of that game. So, all right, guys. I don't see
3: Vinicius being a silver silver signing, to be honest. I actually think it was a last-minute last panic signing. We hadn't got any 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 cover for Mitrovic, and we, maybe he was the best we could get. So, yeah, maybe he he will do good over time, but Premier League doesn't give you time, unfortunately, when he plays are no. established, can play to Marcus Silva. And we haven't got the luxury of trying to adapt to Vinicius' way of playing, which I think will mean we need to strengthen yeah. the defence. Or Luke Harris, you know, put him in thrust him in the deep end. You know, he's always on the bench. You know, I'd like maybe see him a little bit more at time, give him a bit of a run out for 20, 30 minutes at a time. He can only get better with more experience. So, again, just I, I, from what I saw, just he had that turn on the ball against Man United and De Gea made a good save, admittedly. And there were a couple of moments yeah. when he, he went wide, squared the ball into the penalty area, but there was nobody there to, to mop up. So, we'll see. You know, goals are going to, obviously, goes without saying, goals will win you matches, but... You know, we're heavily dependent on our big man, who's at the moment. Let's see how, how the World Cup goes.
2: Okay, excellent stuff. Just for time constraint, I have one more topic, so let's go right to it. And uh, I'll be curious if we're all in agreement or if we disagree. Gordon, okay. who's been the player of the season so far?
1: Um, after after five games, I said, uh, you may as well give the uh, uh, Man of the uh, uh, well, man of the Season Award to Paulina. Uh, because he was head and shoulders above everybody else. But I must admit, um, and I did say it earlier, the way Harrison Reed is uh, enjoying playing a slightly different role then if he keeps playing like that for the rest of the season, then I've got a feeling it could well be between those two that are going to be first
2: and second. Wow. Well, are you hearing that, Emilio? Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rob, player of the season so far.
4: Well, yeah, I, I, you can't look no further than Pellini, but you know, man, I I still think, and, and I, I take on board what Gordon says about Harrison, I think he'll probably run him close, but, you know, we shouldn't take out the equation, the man up top, you don't score the goals he scored, you know, yeah. for the last four, three, four seasons and don't finish in the top two of a player of the season for a club. So I'll be very surprised if he doesn't get 20 goals this season and I'll be very surprised if he's not, in the top two of our player of the season, come the end of the season, for him to score another ten or eleven goals will get us valuable points, and points, uh, you know what, make surprises. I mean, Polini is <laughs> doing a grand job in stopping stopping people getting points. But um, you know, as much as I, you know, I'm a midfield player, and I'd say at the current stage, it's definitely Polini. But you know, we cannot oversee what uh, the the top man up the top's doing for us.
2: Absolutely, there, Rob. Okay, Emilio, I'm going to give you the final say on this. Yeah, I think it, yeah, Pauline, without without a shadow of a doubt,
3: I think we've, we've talked about it at length in the show. Again, want to give Tim Reem a call out here, 35 years of age. I was thinking the same that's, thing, by the way. Another team, Mr. Calm, you know, come on. You know, it's, you, know you, can't, you can't, you can't, none of us expected what he's done for us. I know, we, yes, we're conceding goals. I've said that 10 minutes ago, but his captaincy qualities, his leadership qualities, his calmness on the ball, his experience. That's, I think Paulina gets the best, you know, Tim Ream and Paulina, they're linking up there together. I think Paulina knows he's got Tim Ream there to mop up with his calm, composed way of playing and just his leadership qualities. You know, that means a lot. In the Premier League, you need a captain who talks and leads from the from the back to the front. So overall, Tim Ream has got to be up there in the top three as well. So it's got to be a tight, tight run for their money. So Paulina, Harrison Reed, admittedly has had a very good season and Tim Ream and Mitrovic, you know, but so will the other players. They will
2: play their part to get us a seventh place. <coughs> okay. I'm going to go with Paulina. I said it the minute we signed him. I thought that he would change form and he certainly has. So I'm going to go with Paulina. All right, guys. Great show. Gordon, as always, thank you so much for joining Emilio and Rob and me tonight. Thanks Russ. I, I enjoyed it and I enjoy the, uh, uh, Rob's
1: comments, and especially I'll have to call him Mr. P now because he's the positive man. So, Emilio, Mr. P, wow, well done. Well done. Wow, that's positivity. I'm
4: wow. We've still got half a season to go yet, Gordon.
1: <laughs> yeah, it can it can soon change, Rob. Oh, if, yes, if, you know what the Premier League goes, is like, it changes very if quickly. Conceding
4: two a game oh. and that goes to three a game, I'm sure there'll be some flack coming at the end of the season. <laughs>
2: oh, see, Gordon, look what you've started now. You, Calling him Mister Positivity, he has to go to the dark side. All right, Rob, thank you as always for joining us.
4: That's a pleasure, know I love it. I always like to get it. I just like I know we didn't get time to touch on it, but yep. if I if if I wanted a key player, I'd, if I were Khan, I'd go and spend thirty or forty million on the center half in January. Okay, and I would go and spend another twenty or thirty million on a a, a decent backup striker for me. Yeah, if wow. we invest fifty or sixty million in January, we we will be we'll finish the season in the top eight easy. Wow. I love that.
2: All right, Emilio,
3: final thoughts before we go. Yeah, great show. Always love doing it with the guys on the show. Like I said, I'm more optimistic, more public Again, more realistic as well. You know what I'm like. But uh, one thing I want to call out yes, is what my do. friend, my work colleagues at the World Cup at the moment, guess who we had breakfast with yesterday morning? And I've got the photograph. Oh, Dempsey. No
2: Clint Dempsey. Ah-ha.
3: No, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you yes. get
2: him to get Clint Dempsey on the show? I'll I just get want, him to get show. To the- I want
3: to get him on the show. So yeah, I have got a photo of my work colleague. Who, okay. who, yeah, breakfasting with uh, Mr. Dempsey. So overall, and then,
1: and then please, if you get him on the show, please ask him: the Juventus goal was it a chip to the far post, or was it a chip for the to because
2: he saw the keeper off the line?
3: Absolutely, but...
1: Uh...
2: Gordon, I just want to get him on the show. It's the one guest I want to get on the show more than anything, <laughs> is Clint Dempsey. Clint Dempsey brought me to film. I want to get him on. I've tried every way to try to reach Clint to get him on the show. And I've unfortunately not been able to uh, reach out to him in a positive way, have been able to actually reach him, so uh, I would love to get Clint Well, you've got him. a
1: connection now. Emilio, uh, sort it. I know. I, I, <coughs> I, 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 <coughs> all
3: right, Emilio. Yeah, great show. Fulham, you know, good luck at the beginning of the year. And uh, World Cup players, prove your value, basically. So I'm looking forward to the next few three weeks of entertainment. What was the okay. final score with France
2: tonight?
1: 4-1. Um,
3: I one. believe
2: it was 4-1. Four 4-1. Four. One? Four four one. One. Four one. And it's funny because Rob said it was probably going no, to end 4-1. No surprise, it was right. Yeah, that's funny. All right. Well, listen. Okay, guys. Great, great show, guys. But I do have to wrap this up. for. Emilio, Rob, and Gordon, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDucket share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.